There's a spring in the mountain and it flows down to the town. From NPR Music and West Virginia Public Broadcasting, with support provided by Bailey and Glasser and by Wild Wonderful West Virginia, welcome to another Mountain Stage with your host, Larry Gross. There's a song in my heart, just a simple little tune. But the rhythm and the melody won't leave me alone. Around the world it's just a simple song. This world is turning around a simple song. Thank you so much. Welcome once again to Mountain Stage Live Performance Radio from the Mountain State of West Virginia. We are at our home at the Culture Center Theater in Charleston, West Virginia, and it's a big day for us because this is show number 900. And when we have uh, these 100 anniversary shows, we try to make them special, and I think we have done that. Matter of fact, I know we've done that today because during our next hour, we're going to be hearing... Mr. Hardcore Troubadour, Steve Earle and the Dukes are here. And also there's a couple of members of their band that have their own duo, the Mastersons. They're going to be doing their own set during the next hour. And they've been with us once before. I think you're going to love them. Uh, some folks from Nashville who play steel guitar and electric guitar. And they really make some cool sounds. Steelism is back with us. And we're very proud to have... West Virginia's favorite and West Virginia's finest storyteller, Mr. Bill Lepp, is going to be out during this hour and tell you a story or so. But to start us off, we got a man that started coming to see us in 1990. He and his brother and his other brother, Popsy Dixon and Wendell, the Holmes brothers, were with us for 11 times on the mountain stage, and they are one of the finest bands ever. They won a bunch of awards, including a National Endowment for the Arts National Heritage Foundation Fellowship in 2014. They played in every state of the union in, in 50 and more countries. But sadly, over the last few years, first Popsy and then Wendell have passed. And that's hard for all of us, but it's especially hard for Sherman, the man who played the bass and sang with the Holmes brothers. But... He's put out a new record of his own, and it was, it was produced by John Lohman, the Virginia State Folklorist and Director of the Virginia Folklife Program, and he did a great thing, because the Holmes Brothers always sing some country, they sing gospel, they sing blues, and, uh, you know, they sing rock uh, and R&B, and this album has a little bit of all of that, and he's brought an outstanding cast of folks with him. I'll let Sherman introduce them. Please welcome back to the Mountain Stage, first time in this configuration, the Sherman Holmes Project. Little lies 
can't you call me? Won't you call me? Please call me. Won't you call me? Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. This next song might be a little controversial. It's called The Dark End of the Street. At the dark end of the street That's where we'll always be Hiding in shadows where we don't belong Living in darkness to hide our wrong. You and me at the dark end of the street. You and me. I know time's gonna take its toll. We'll pay. For the love we stole It's a sin And we know it's wrong But our love Keeps coming on strong Steal away To the dark end Of the street
Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this next song is called Rock of Ages. And uh, I learned this from my friend LeVon Helm. So I really love this song. So I hope you appreciate it.
Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this next song we're going to do is an old Negro spiritual called I Want Jesus. I want Jesus to walk with me.
my sorrows. Lord, walk with me. In my sorrow, Lord, walk with me. And all a little John Fogerty song called Green River.
Thank you. Thank you, everybody. The Sherman Holmes Project right there. Sherman was singing the lead vocals. Jared Poole on the mandolin. Brandon Davis on guitar. Jacob L. Eller on the bass. Scott Freeman on the fiddle. And uh, the Ingramettes. Carrie Ann Jackson, Shirley M Maroney Yancey, and Almeida Ingram Miller were the Ingramettes singing along there. And it was Almeida who was singing the solos along with Sherman. Yeah, there you got yourself a great sound right there. The album is called The Richmond Sessions by the Sherman Holmes Project on MC Records. And it was produced by the Virginia Foundation for the Humanities. And we're so glad to see Sherman Holmes carrying on. It's time to introduce the Mountain Stage Band and bring out Julie Adams. The Mountain Stage Band, for many, many years now, has been led by Mr. Ron Soule. He's back there on the acoustic guitar. Ryan Kennedy. Michael Lipton are on the electric guitars. Bob Thompson is our piano player. Ahmed Solomon plays the drums. Steve Hill is our bass player. And four of these folks, uh, Steve and Ahmed and Julie and Ron, were in a band called Stark Raven around here, a popular band around here some years ago. And Julie has decided to sing a tune that she wrote and that band sang way back when. Please welcome right now Ms. Julie Adams. But I 
know you well You can't hide much from last year's girl You dive down deep and I believe what you said You give me your word but you're with her instead I can't wait much longer for your love to get to So get clear, get straight Cause I can't love you halfway If you wanna be with me I can't wait much longer For your love to get you I ain't getting nowhere Trying to get next to you So get clear, get straight Cause I can't love you halfway If you Julie Adams, Send the Mountain Stage Band, be with me right there. You're listening to Mountain Stage, live performance radio from the Mountain State of West Virginia. Major funding for Mountain Stage is provided by Bailey and Glasser LLP, a nationwide law firm born in West Virginia with offices in Charleston, Philadelphia, St. Louis, Morgantown, D.C., Boston, Alabama, and Delaware. Details at baileyglasser.com. And by wild, wonderful West Virginia, whether you're looking for extreme outdoor adventure, family fun, or an intimate getaway for two, there is something for everyone in the Mountain State. Travel planning and trip ideas are available. Visit GoToWV.com. Additional support is provided by the Charleston, West Virginia Convention and Visitors Bureau, showing the world why Charleston is hip, historic, and almost heaven. Your adventure starts online at charlestonwv.com. This is Mountain Stage on NPR. We hope you'll take a look at our website, mountainstage.org. 
There you can find links to our podcast, and you can follow us on just about every form of social media. And of course, we hope someday you will follow us to a live show, whether we are here at the Culture Center in Charleston or on the road. You can find out where we're going to be, and you can get your tickets right there at mountainstage.org. We are happy to welcome back a group here that's headed by the man on the steel guitar and the man with the Fender guitar in his hand. Spencer Cullum is sitting there at the pedal steel. Jeremy Fetzer is on the electric guitar, and they got a couple of buddies with them, John Rafford and Michael Ryan, and they have a new record. They're called Steelism, and they have a new record called Ism. Intoxicating Sounds is the name of the uh, record label, but Ism is the name of the new record, and these guys got together... They played with many folks before in bands and so forth, but they, they both liked soundtracks, movie soundtracks, and they both also liked things like The Ventures, Booker T and the MGs, and there's a certain sound, you're going to get it when you hear their first piece that they can do that I don't think anybody else can do. It's a lot of fun, and it really has, has a huge atmosphere that just takes over the place. So please welcome, back to the mountain stage, Steelism.
Thank you very much, Mountain Stage and West Virginia. We're Steelism from Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually from Franklin, Tennessee. It's fantastic to be here for the 900 show, is it? 900? Yeah. That's yes, great. Yeah. Those two tracks were from our recent record called Ism, and we had a uh, West Virginia native play. Charlie McCoy played vibes on that for us. Yeah. He did turn around after he uh, tracked that song. He was like, you guys definitely ain't aiming for a country radio, which was quite a compliment for, from him. So. Right, we're going to do a cover song. Probably the only instrumental Beatles song? I think so. Is it? Unless you count the uh, Revolution Number 9, which I don't know if it's a song, it's just a mashup of stuff. So, ready? <laughs>
Hey, thanks so much. That song was on our first album called 615 to Fame. It's called Marfa Lights. It's about space and Marfa <laughs> and Texas. Yeah. Hard to explain instrumental songs, really. So I'm trying my best. Uh, what's the next one? I think we'll do a song called The Henchman. Ooh, Italiano. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much. Spencer Cullum, Jeremy Fetzer, Steelism. The new one is called Ism. And yeah, Spencer is from Essex, England, and Jeremy is from Canton, Ohio. They both live in Nashville, and they both definitely live in the same musical landscape, which they create. Incredibly well. Steelism.
You can hear Mountain Stage guest performances, including songs not heard on the radio at NPR Music. That online address is npr.org slash mountainstage. We're going to end this hour in a very special way with West Virginia's favorite and most famous storyteller. He has won the West Virginia Liars Contest five times. And they make you quit. That puts you on the politician level, and you have to quit at that point. <laughs> His stories uh, are fantastic. Everything in them may not have happened, but there's a lot of truth in his stories. He's the author of six books and 16 audio collections. His latest is going to be released. Well, actually, it's released about right now. It's called Raised on Hose Water. <laughs> Our kind of guy. Please welcome for the first time at the mouth stage, Mr. Bill Lepp. Thank you very much. I appreciate being here. If you're like me, you miss your Saturday evening, Sunday afternoon, small town news. So take a little trip, 893 miles south of St. Paul to a little town called Half Dollar, West Virginia. In uh, Half Dollar, we had two streets. One was called Main Street. The other one, I'm pretty sure, was called Nah. That ain't Main Street. <laughs> and uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, my buddy Skeeter and I, we walked into health class and our health teacher, Ms. Gerdak, was standing up in front of the class smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I went to high school a long time ago, back when you could smoke in school. Not the students. The students had to go out back. <laughs> but Ms. Gerdak, she was a frugal woman. She'd get up in the morning and she'd light a filterless Pall Mall cigarette. And then uh, she didn't want to waste matches, so she used a match on that one. And then throughout the course of the rest of the day, she just lit every cigarette <laughs> off the last one. And she would take the butt of the old cigarette and stand it up on the edge of her desk, which was handy for us because uh, there was no clock in our classroom. So we knew that about seven or eight cigarette butts into a lecture, class was almost over. Did I mention she was our health teacher? So we walked into health class and Miss Gerdak was standing there smoking a cigarette. She had a carton of eggs in her hand. And as we sat down, she said, I'm gonna give each one of y'all an egg. You're going to have to carry this egg around for three weeks so that you can learn what a pain in the, what a responsibility it is <laughs> to be a parent. And the reason she was doing this is because the local school board had decided that the health teacher, biology teacher, that they were not going to be allowed to teach the students certain aspects of human biology for the same reason that they weren't going to teach us how to make gunpowder on the idea that if we knew how, we might. So, <laughs> she said, I'm going to give each one of y'all an egg. You got to carry it around for three weeks to learn responsibility. And my buddy Skeeter raised his hand and he said, excuse me, Ms. Gerdak. He said, um, I don't have to carry around an egg for three weeks to prove that I'm not responsible enough to be a parent. She said, of course you're not. She said, y'all are just babies yourselves. She said, y'all don't need to be raising babies. She said, that's not to say young people can't raise babies. Plenty of young people have raised babies. But I just want you to think about this exercise before you go stealing apples from the tree or plucking honey from the hive. And with that, 
she started handing out the eggs. You want to keep your cigarette as close to the baby as possible, right? <laughs> and this went immediately, not just from an exercise and responsibility, but also sort of a sociology, anthropology experiment, because she would hand a girl an egg, and immediately the girl would be overcome with emotion. She'd be like, oh, it's the cutest egg I've ever seen. It has freckles. I'm going to name mine Emily. I'm going to name mine Jean. And she would show it to her friend and be like, oh, make it a skirt. And then... She would hand a guy an egg, and he would be like, uh, and then try and put it in that slot at the top of the desk back when we used to have writing utensils, and it would fall out, and he would have to catch it and put it back, and it would roll down, and it was like, you know, Tantalus and some Greek myth in Hades, some everlasting, except Fred Ware. When she gave Fred his egg, Fred was a big guy, and when she gave Fred his egg, you could just see him thinking, scrambled poached. And when she finally got to me, she looked at me, she looked at the carton eggs, she took a drag on that cigarette, and she said, Lep, I'm out of eggs. And I said, well, that's okay, Miss Gerdak. I'm like Skeeter. I don't need to prove that I'm irresponsible. She said, no, you're going to have a baby just like everybody else. She said, you wait here. And she left the classroom and went out to her car. She was a frugal woman. She'd stopped on the way into school to buy the eggs, so she did some of her grocery shopping. She came back in the classroom about four minutes later. She had a five-pound bag of flour, and she dropped that bag of flour on my desk, and she said, Lep, that's your baby. <laughs> and I said, well, how come everybody else gets to carry around an egg? I got to carry around a five-pound bag of flour. She said, because you're a smart aleck. <laughs> well, I couldn't argue with that. And so... When class was over, I was making my way to the lunchroom, and I, I almost immediately learned a very valuable parenting lesson. One, I may not have learned without this exercise. I came around the curve, and my buddy Wally, totally unprovoked, just whipped a pencil at me. And right away, I learned that you're not supposed to use your baby <laughs> as a human shield. It's, it's incredibly effective, but it's frowned on. And I say that, but that's because I was the generation before the baby Bjorn. You know, those things that come from Norway or Sweden. It's like a backpack, but you wear your baby on your front, so they're just out there like, meh. Like, what that is, you know, there's, there's a psychologist will tell you, it's skin-to-skin -skin contact. It, it makes your baby... No, that is just one more layer between you and the world, right? Like, baby Bjorn is Norwegian for human shield. But anyway... Wally whipped the pencil at me, and I picked that bag of flour up, and the pencil went thunk like that right into the bag of flour. A little bit of flour started to bleed out of it, and I turned it on his side. Now, I grew up watching, you know, cowboy and Indian movies. First, I was just going to pull the pencil out, but then I remembered, you know, like when you get shot with an arrow, you can't pull it out. you got to push it through. And I was going to push it through, but then I remembered once you push it through, you got to, you know, pour whiskey on it and hit it with a red-hot iron. And I didn't have a red-hot iron, so I thought, I'm just going to pull the... And I was just about to pull the pencil out when I smelled cigarette smoke, and Ms. Gerdak was behind me, and she said, Lep, what are you doing? And I said, well, my baby's been stabbed. <laughs> huh? I'm going to pull the pencil out. She said, no, you're not. She said, you got to take that baby down to the doctor's office. Now, I told you this was a small town. Like my buddy Andy says, in a small town, nobody cares what you do as long as we know, right? And so... 
She said, you got to take that baby down to the doctor's office. You got to get a note that you had that baby taken care of. And I thought to myself, well, she already thinks I'm a smart aleck. So I said, well, if that's the case, I'll never make it. My baby's hemorrhaging way too bad. <laughs> I got to call an ambulance. And so I went down to the office. Now, our little town of Half Dollar, West Virginia, we were within a half hour of two hospitals, one to the east, one to the west. But that meant if you were sick and you needed an ambulance, it took a half hour for the ambulance to get to you and a half hour for the ambulance to get back. A lot of people died in that hour transition time. I don't know if you're aware of this, but until Kentucky you know, past us, we were the oldest, sickest state in the Union, right? Which gives a whole new meaning to almost heaven. But... <laughs> By the townsfolk, you know, worried about that hour trip, they hired a, a, a paramedic to live in town. They rented him an apartment, bought him an ambulance. He lived right there in town. That cut a half hour off the trip. His name was Handy. So I went down to the payphone. I put a dime in the payphone because I'm older than I look. And uh, I called, and Handy answered the phone. I said, Handy, this is Bill Lepp. You got to come down to the high school right now. My baby's been stabbed. And Handy said, Lepp, you don't have a baby. And I said, I do now. And he said, who's the mother? And I said, Ms. Gerdak. <laughs> and he said, that's disgusting. <laughs> and I said, no, no, it was an assignment. <laughs> and he said, that doesn't make it any better. And then he said, oh, oh, it's them eggs. He said, it's them eggs. He said, we had to carry around those eggs when I had Miss Gerdak in health class. He said, but if you dropped your egg, there's nothing I can do for you. He said, that's like Humpty's Dumpty. I said, it's like what? He said, it's like Humpty's Dumpty. I said, it's not Humpty's Dumpty. It's Humpty Dumpty. He said, what are you talking about? I said, well, the way you're saying it is possessive, right? Like, <laughs> like the Dumpty belonged to the Humpty, right? I said, the Dumpty didn't belong to the Humpty. Humpty was the Dumpty. He said, well, what's a Dumpty? And I said, I don't know. I guess it's somebody's last name. He said, I don't think I know any Dumpties. I said, I don't think any live around here. I said, I think they're English. And he said, that explains it. Only an Englishman would name their baby Humpty. He said, but if you dropped your egg in England, there's nothing I can do for you. I can't get my ambulance across the ocean. I said, no, I don't have an egg. I have a five-pound bag of flour. He said, how come you got a five-pound bag of flour? Everybody else has an egg. I said, because Ms. Gerdak said I'm a smart aleck. He said, that makes sense. I'll be there in a minute. And so... <laughs> I took my bag of flour, and I went out in the parking lot to wait for Handy, and Skeeter came with me. He had his egg in that pocket, you know, the pocket right there in the front of you. He had his egg, right? Because that's a totally safe place to keep an egg, right? You're like, oh, I love you, my baby. And so, stand there, like 10 minutes later, Handy came tearing into the parking lot, which didn't make any sense because the ambulance place was only like three minutes away. But he came tearing into the parking lot, he jumped out of the cab of the ambulance, he took my bag of flour, he pulled the pencil out, he put a piece of gauze on it, wrapped it up with duct tape, which is exactly what I was going to do with it. 
handed it back to me and said, sorry it took me so long, I didn't know how bad your baby was bleeding. And he reached into the cab of his truck and he said, so I stopped at the grocery store and bought this. And he pulled out a five-pound bag of flour. He said, in case we had to do a transfusion. (laughs) And Skeeter looked at Handy's bag of flour and he looked at my bag of flour and he said, well, it's a good thing we didn't because Bill's is white and you bought whole wheat. That could have killed him. And I'd like to tell you the rest of this story, but they only gave me 10 minutes. So thanks a lot. We'll see you next time. Um, West Virginia's great liar there, Mr. Bill Lepp, raised on hose water, is his latest release, audio release. He'll be at the National Storytelling Festival October 6th through eight in Jonesboro, Tennessee. Go see him there, yeah. Funny guy. I'd like to say a special hello to you if you're listening right now over KNCH, San Angelo, Texas, or WMKY, Moorhead, Kentucky. I hope you'll be with us next time on the Mountain Stage. Our guests will include Zimbabwe's Makumba, Ockerville River, Joe Pug, David Amram, and Curtis McMurtry. You're listening to Mountain Stage, live performance radio from the Mountain State of West Virginia. Mountain Stage is supported in part by this station and by West Virginia Public Broadcasting. Hotel accommodations for Mountain Stage guests are provided by the Charleston Marriott Town Center Hotel, centrally located for the business and pleasure traveler in downtown Charleston's retail district. This is Mountain Stage on NPR. Well, thank you. Welcome to the second hour of our 900th show on the Mountain Stage. And during this hour, we're going to be hearing from Steve Earle and the Dukes. But we're going to begin the hour with two folks who were with us once before. They've made a brand new album on Red House called Transient Lullaby. And that's a perfect name because these guys over the last few years, have lived in Brooklyn, Austin, Los Angeles, and Terlingua, Texas. They've been on the road almost constantly, and they play in Steve Earle's band, so you're going to see them again in just a few minutes singing along and playing along with Steve, but we thought we'd take the opportunity to give them a chance to do some of their fantastic 
songs from probably some of them from the new record. Please welcome back to the mountain stage, the Mastersons. You could be wrong. 
so much. It's great to be back. Uh, I've written a bunch of songs out on the road. Uh, this next song is the title track of our latest release, Transient Lullaby. Uh, it's the story of our lives, uh, writing songs out on the road.
Thank you so much. We'd like to thank Larry and everyone here at Mountain Stage. We're so happy to be a part of the 900th episode. It's, uh, it's quite a treat, and it's good to be back. So when you write songs for a living, they say uh, to write what you know, and uh, we pretty much covered travel on that last one. And then this next one is, um, well, Eleanor and I have been married uh, for about eight years now, and... Um, you clap now. This song is actually called Fight. <laughs> Help us out. Just like that. Oh, 
can't see it on your face You're looking at me like a scarecrow I'm not going anywhere You ought to know Whoa, baby What we gonna do I don't wanna fight I don't wanna fight But I'm leaving Up to so much. We wrote this song with our good friend Steve Poltz, and it's also on our new record. It's called Highway One. We don't breathe the same air, and we don't sing the same song, since she moved on. Oh 
tried so hard to need him But you know I needed freedom No, I didn't want to cheat him So I left him like a ghost you're crying You know inside she's dying When she leaves you you'll be frying In a pain all alone Straight for the sun looking for fun she drove north on Highway 1 And road maps tossed and torn all apart Doomed from the start California stole her heart And it's all my fault Well, thank you guys so, so very much for having us. Again, it's wonderful to be here for another time at the Mountain Stage, and um, we'd like to thank Larry and everybody here. We're out on the road through the end of the year with Steve Earle and the Dukes. We play in his band, and we open the show, so we're probably coming into a town near you out there in Radio Land. Um, yeah, so thank you so much. All right, this next one's on the record, too, and uh, it's, it's called Don't Tell Me to Smile. Um, this is for a, a woman in South Dakota that to tried to do the fingers on the corners of the mouth thing and push up her, her mouth to tell me that I, was, I needed to smile. Um, funny thing is, I thought I was smiling, so anyway, I told her she was being rude and she kept doing it. Um, so this one's for her and anybody else that wants to tell me to smile. <coughs> a two, three. I've been shooting daggers from a stage everybody can see. Take a look around, they're all staring at me. I'm the queen of the ice. I play my cards true and close to my vest. Not to say I'm Day. 
don't tell me to smile I will if I want You could make me laugh But you don't get it You're chasing your tail for the Mastersons. The Mastersons right there. Chris Masterson on guitar and vocal. Eleanor Whitmore on violin and vocal. And that new CD collection is called Transient Lullaby on Red House. Going to hear them again in just a little while. Part of Steve Earle's band. They'll be out with Steve for the rest of this year. And then next year I think they're going to be going out on their own as a duo, the Mastersons. Great to see them again. Time to welcome our pianist, Bob Thompson. He's going to do a tune for us that I know you'll recognize. This is our 900th show. Maybe this is uh, something that we should think about, why Bob chose this one. It's called Desperados. <laughs> Say hello to Bob Thompson.
Find his music at Colortones.com. Bob Thompson, Desperados. You're listening to Mountain Stage Live Performance Radio from the Mountain State of West Virginia. Major funding for Mountain Stage is provided by Bailey and Glasser LLP, a nationwide law firm born in West Virginia with offices in Charleston, Philadelphia, St. Louis, Morgantown, D.C., Boston, Alabama, and Delaware. Details at baileyglasser.com. And by wild, wonderful West Virginia. Whether you're looking for extreme outdoor adventure, family fun, or an intimate getaway for two, there's something for everyone in the Mountain State. Travel planning and trip ideas are available. Visit go2wv.com. Additional support is provided by the Charleston, West Virginia Convention and Visitors Bureau, presenting the inaugural BB&T Malden Salt Fest on October 7th, celebrating the history of salt in West Virginia's Kanawha Valley. Learn more at charlestonwv.com. This is Mountain Stage on NPR. If you have questions or suggestions for us, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is larry at mountainstage.org. But, of course, you can also connect with us on Facebook. You can also peek behind the scenes on our Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. All these links are at our website, mountainstage.org. If you miss part of this Mountain Stage or you just want to hear something again, you can visit the podcast section of mountainstage.org. Each podcast will include songs we don't have time to fit on the radio, as well as our complete finale song. So if you would, take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Our last guest on this 900th edition of Mountain Stage is a many talented man. He's a novelist. He's an actor on films, television, and stage. He's a playwright. He's an author. He's a radio host on Sirius XM. He's a producer, a fine producer of many albums. But, of course, all of those things are not the reason we have him here today. We have him here because he's one of America's finest songwriters and singers, and he is carrying on that tradition of Towns Van Zant and Guy Clark. He's got a new record, which is his 21st record. It's called So You Want to Be an Outlaw, and it's kind of a tribute to to all of those guys, uh, Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson. Willie sings on the record, as a matter of fact. How nice it is to have back. Please welcome to the mountain stage, Steve Earle and the Dukes. (laughs) 
So you wanna be an idol, but listen to me. Living on the highway ain't everything supposed to be. Everybody reckons that they wanna be free. Ain't nobody wants to be alone. Running down the alley at a quarter to three. Hollering for Sally, honey, what you trying to do to me? She said, go to heaven, going back to Tennessee. I said, Angel, you can never go home. Never go home. Never go home. If you wanna be an outlaw, you can never go home. Do you wanna be an aloe? Better listen up, kid. Steal a million dollars in your habit, keep it here. Ain't no place to spend it in the desert if you did. Can't take it with you when you go. Something's waiting for you up around a pen. Everything that goes around and back around again. Can't trust anybody, not a lover or a friend. Mama, maybe then you never know. Never do know. Never do. If you wanna be an outlaw, then you never do. Well, I've been to 10 and 10 to Living the woman 
coast, west coast, and look to So you want to be an outlaw? Those two songs are on it. Says this one here. Right now, uh, it is summertime, so it's burn season. And across the country, these mountains and those younger mountains out west, <clears throat> young men and a handful of young women that don't mind like being out in the woods with a bunch of smelly guys for weeks at a time doing something dangerous or packing up their gear and preparing to go and fight these backcountry fires that break out every season. And those people are called hot shots, and this is for them. Well, I'm cutting out a fire recline, cutting out a fire recline, digging down deep to the clean line, cutting out a fire recline. Well, I'm a wild, wild, wild fool. On the yellow mountain hot shot crew, I can swamp and fail, walk through hell. I'm an EMT and a torch man too. When the wind blowing hot and dry, and the sparks in the sand just fly, 
I'll make my stand with 20 good men, better man of brothers you never find. Got their back, they got mine, when we're cutting out a fiery line. Well, I'm cutting out a fiery line, I'm cutting out a fiery line, I'm digging down deep to the play line, cutting out a fiery line. He's a friend of mine When I'm cutting out a fire rig line He invented this thing like a hacksaw swing Never left a member of his crew behind When I went come across the line He took him down in a band of mine And he pulled his gun, said he shoot the first one Got it in his head and tried to go outside Got everybody out alive This is a friend of mine Cutting out a fire rig line Cutting out a fire rig line Digging down deep to the clean line, cutting out a fire line. Woo! Cutting out a fiery climb, cutting out a fiery climb. I'm digging down deep to the clay and line, cutting out a fiery climb. You better pray that the wind will die, and he rings them from on high, and raise a glass to the hot shots past, hot shot heaven up above the sky. Looking down on me when I'm cutting out a fiery so much on back in the back on the drums from Nashville Tennessee Brad Pemberton <laughs> also born and raised in Nashville since 1988 with this outfit which means his first record was indeed Copperhead Road Kelly Looney on the bass Got a new guy in the band because we needed pedal steel in the worst way for this record. And our friends recommended this guy. He's from Dallas, Texas. He lives in Austin. Ricky Ray Jackson on the pedal steel guitar contraption. <laughs> and of course, you heard the Mastersons over here earlier, what they do together. Individually, they are Chris Masterson from Houston, Texas on the guitar. And raising the IQ on the bus just by getting on it and seriously diluting the ugly up here, Eleanor Whitmore on fiddle, mandolin, keyboards, all kinds of stuff. This is a song that was on a record that I made with uh, the Del McCurry band some years back. And, and uh, 
I like to sing it when I'm in this part of the country because it was sort of this part of the country that sort of inspired it. And uh, it's uh, just to remind us that this is a beautiful place where you live and you got to take care of it. And uh, nobody can take care of it but you. And uh, not everybody that comes in here with a... Um, trying to take stuff out of the ground and make money from it has your best interests at heart. This is called The Mountain.
mountain It's dark and it's deep God only knows How the secrets it keeps There's a chill in the air Only miners can feel Ghosts in the tunnels The company sees I was born on this mountain This mountain's my home And she holds me so much we were trying to figure out how many mountain stages I've done today and we couldn't quite figure it out I can't figure it out anyway but um, I'm sure it's in the archives somewhere but um, I uh, one of the first times I did it it might have been the first time was uh, out, out by the river and um, Guy Clark was also on that show and Guy was on the show a lot of times over the years and, one of the reasons I'm able to do what I do, I'm pretty sure I was, I was uh, meant to do this, but I also had really good teachers. I met Towns Van Zandt when I was 17 years old, and that gave me an automatic introduction to Guy Clark when I got to Nashville, and we lost Guy. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it was tough. He was sick for a long time. He was too tough for his own good, and he fought really hard. But he also wrote a lot of songs by co-writing with all these younger writers, which he, he told me not to co-write and didn't co-write for years when I first met him, but he changed his mind about that and rhyme dictionaries and a couple of other things. As you get older, you need all the help you can get. And uh, he, uh, he just, uh, well, this is, we took Guy's Ashes out to Santa Fe, New Mexico, to Terry Allen's, where he's going to end up in a bronze sculpture of Terry's creation. And uh, this is uh, when I got home... Uh, I made this up. Master Fairly Well Gone to heaven, been to hell Maybe just New Mexico Goodbye, Michelangelo 
sing adios Sail upon the sea of ghosts Chase the white whale to the end Bring the story back again I'm bound to follow you someday You have always shown the way We knew where we had to go By Michelangelo Like that. 
right there, yeah. And if that last song's not an anthem for around here, I don't know what is. Steve Earle and the Duke. So You Want to Be an Outlaw is the latest one, and uh, in many ways it's a follow-up to Guitar Town. And it's so great to have Steve Earle back on the show for our 900th show. It's also thank you to the Mastersons, to Mr. Bill Lepp, to Steelism, and to the Sherman Holmes Project. Our thanks to all these folks for making this one special for us. Thanks to all you folks who came out to the Culture Center Theater here in Charleston. Be with us live. And thanks to you there listening on the radio. Without you, there'd be no mountain stage. We never forget that. Thank you guys for helping us be here for 900 shows. Next week... You can hear Macumba, Ockerville River, Joe Pug, David Amram, and Curtis McMurtry.
Mount Sage is produced by Larry Gross and Adam Harris. Associate producers are Jeff Shirley and Vasilia Scores. Assistant producers, Joni Deutsch. Production managers, Paul Flaherty. We're engineered by Francis Fisher, Richie Collins, Jim Raines, and Patrick Stevens. With production assistance from Michael Lipton, Joey Ansel, Mary Lee, Lance Schrader, Chris Mead, and Woogie. Photographic services are provided by Brian Blauser. Promotions coordinated by Michael Lipton, Adam Harrison. Music and Motion Promotions. Lodging is provided by the Marriott Town Center Hotel. Centrally located for the business and pleasure traveler in downtown Charleston. Come out and hear some live music wherever you are just as soon as you can. You've been listening to Mountain Stage, live performance radio from the Mountain State of West Virginia. Well, I'm just an old chunk of coal. But I'm gonna be a diamond someday I'm gonna grow and glow till I'm so blue, pure, perfect I'm gonna put a smile on everybody's face Steve Earl I'm gonna kneel and pray every day Lest I should become pain along the way I'm just a little chunk of cool now, Lord. I'm gonna be a diamond someday. Let's hear the master since now. I'm gonna learn the best words to talk. I'm gonna search and find a better way to walk. I'm gonna spit and polish my old rugged edge itself. Everybody. I'm gonna be a diamond someday. Michael Lipton right here. Brian Kennedy. Gotta hear that fiddle, Eleanor, right now. Pick your guitar there, Chris. Baritone guitar. Time for a little steel guitar, Spencer.
comes Jeremy. Play that mandolin. Little acoustic guitar, Brandon. That's all singing now. Come on, everybody. I'm just an old chunk of coal, but I'm gonna be a diamond someday. I'm gonna grow and glow till I'm so blue, pure, perfect. I'm gonna smile on everybody's face. Come vain along the way Well, I'm just an old chunk of coal now, Lord But I'm gonna be a diamond someday Oh, yeah I'm gonna be a diamond someday Support for Mountain Stage is provided by Bailey and Glasser, LLP, and by Wild Wonderful West Virginia. Mountain Stage is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting. This is NPR.